Section 13 of The Life of St. Dominic Savio by St. John Bosco. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 23. His Last Moments and Holy Death. It is one of the maxims of our faith that at the hour of death we reap the fruit of our good works during life. Quae seminavidit homo haec et metet. However, it sometimes happens that good, pious people experience fear and dread at the approach of death. This is in accordance with the adorable decrees of God, who wishes to purify those souls from the small stains they may have contracted, so that they may increase their merit in heaven. It was not thus with Dominic Savio. It is my conviction that God deigned to give him the hundredfold which he bestows upon the souls of the just as a preliminary to the glory of paradise. And indeed the innocence which he preserved to the last moment of his life, his generous faith, his habit of constant prayer, his mortifications, and the sufferings which had, as it were, beset his life, certainly merited that consolation for him at the hour of death. Hence it was that he perceived his end approaching with the tranquillity of an innocent soul. It would seem that he did not feel even this suffering and oppressiveness which are a natural outcome of the efforts of the soul to break the bonds by which it is united to the body. In short, Savio's death was more like the passing into a peaceful slumber. By the evening of March 9th, he had received all the constellations of our holy religion. Anyone listening to his voice or noticing his cheerful countenance would have thought he was lying in bed for a little rest. His bright manner, his looks, still full of life, the complete possession of his senses, quite astonished everyone, and nobody except himself believed him to be on the point of death. An hour and a half before he passed away, the parish priest came to see him, and seeing how calm he was, he was surprised to hear him recommending his soul to God. He continued to make aspirations and short ejaculations, expressing his desire to go speedily to heaven. The priest remarked, I am at a loss to know what to suggest for the recommendation of a soul of this sort. He recited some prayers and was about to leave, when Dominic asked him for some final thought by way of souvenir. The priest said he could recommend nothing to him but the thought of the sacred passion. Dominic thanked him for this, and and continued to recall it, and to repeat invocations to Jesus and Mary. Then he rested for about half an hour. At the end of that time he turned to his parents and said, Father, it is time. The father replied, I am here, my son, what would you like? It is time, father. Get my prayer book and read the prayers for a good death. At these words the mother began to weep and had to go out of the room. The father was greatly moved, but he restrained his grief so as to read the prayers. Dominic repeated them after him, and, in the proper place, said by himself, Merciful Jesus, have mercy on me. When they came to the part which says, But deign to receive me into thy kingdom, where I may forever sing thy praises, Dominic added, Yes, that is exactly what I desire, to sing the praises of God for all eternity. He now seemed to rest a moment, as though pondering over something in his mind. Then he opened his eyes again, and said with a clear voice and a smiling countenance, Goodbye, Father, goodbye. The priest wanted to tell me something else, but I cannot remember it now. Oh, what a beautiful sight I behold! Thus sang, with his hands joined in a heavenly smile, his soul passed away. Yes, go forth, faithful soul, to meet thy Creator. Heaven is open to thee, and the angels and saints are rejoicing for thee. Jesus, whom you loved so much, invites you and says, Come, good and faithful servant, thou hast fought and won the victory. Come and enjoy that happiness which will never fail. Intra in Gaudium Domini Tui. End of chapter 23 Chapter 24 the news of his death, remarkable testimony. The last words uttered by Dominic, as related in the preceding chapter, did not give his father the impression that he was dying. 
He thought he was again falling into a brief period of repose. He went out of the room for a few minutes, and on his return spoke to Dominic, but there was no reply, and he perceived that he really had expired. The grief of the parents and their desolation at the loss of such a son may be well imagined. News was most anxiously awaited at the oratory. A letter was dispatched to me in haste by his father, and when I read, I have sad news for you, I concluded that all was over. He went on to say, Our dear son, your pupil, gave up his soul to God yesterday evening, with the innocence of another St. Aloysius, and after receiving the Holy Sacrament in a most edifying manner. There was consternation at the oratory when I told the boys. Some were in grief at the loss of such a true friend, others at being deprived of a valuable adviser, and all missed the inspiring example of his virtuous life. Some gathered together to say a prayer for him, but the greater number declared that they were sure he was a saint and already in paradise. Some began immediately to invoke his intercession, and there was a general endeavor to get something that had belonged to him as a relic. The master of the class that he attended in Turin, Father Pico, announced the sad tidings to his boys in these words. A short time ago I happened to speak to you about the uncertainty of human life, and I pointed out that death does not spare even those who are in the springtime of youth. On that occasion, I had an example in one of the boys, who had been a pupil of this very class, a boy full of life and vigor, and yet after a few days' absence we heard that he had been taken ill and had passed away, to the great sorrow of his parents and relations. When I brought forth that example, I little thought that this year would be saddened by a similar occurrence, that such an instance would be repeated in the case of one who was sitting here listening to me. Death has carried off one of your companions, Dominic Savio. You may remember that he was not very well when he was here last, and then had to stay away from the classes altogether. The doctors advised his removal to his native place, and there he died after only four days of illness. Yesterday I read the letter from his father in which he makes the sad announcement, and the picture he draws of the boy's saintly death moved me to tears. He could find no more suitable expression to apply to his beloved son than to call him another St. Aloysius, both on account of the holiness of his life and his resignation in death. I leave to his superiors at the oratory to describe the holiness of his life, the intensity of his fervor and piety. I must allow his companions and friends who are in daily contact with him to describe the gentleness and modesty of his demeanor and the careful restraint he exercised over his words. As far as he came under my direction, he always deserved the highest praise for his behavior, his diligence and exactness, and it would afford me the greatest consolation if all of you would resolve to follow his example. While he was at the oratory, but had not yet begun to attend these classes, his diligence and piety won for him the highest reputation. So rapid was his progress that I was most anxious for him to come, and I had the highest possible hopes for his future career. I had met him sometimes in my visits to the oratory, had been struck by the innocence of his life and the winning gentleness of his disposition, and had been drawn to him in a particular manner. During the time that he attended these classes, he fulfilled my expectations perfectly, and all of your witnesses to his excellent conduct. In many details, which most boys consider beneath their notice, he was scrupulously exact, and by the fervor and recollection he brought to all his actions, he sanctified his whole day and made it an acceptable offering in the sight of God. Such conduct is worthy of imitation. It would bring consolation to parents and teachers, and all blessings and happiness to the boys themselves. Dominic gave us an example of how a life should be spent in the service of God, in contrast to those youths who seem to be in ignorance of the end for which they were created, or who stifle the good dispositions that come to every soul. Reflect on the example of Savio, and it will help you to spend your life in the service of your Creator, and to be prepared to give an account when the time comes. 
If I notice an improvement in work and behavior, I shall regard it as obtained by the intercession of Dominic, and as a reward for having been associated with him, if only for a short time. Thus did Father Pico announce the death of one of his most promising pupils, and evince the general sorrow at his loss. End of chapter 24 Chapter 25 The Influence of Dominic's Virtues Favors Received A Recommendation Even after such a brief description of his life, it will not be surprising that God deigned to honor his servant, Dominic Savio, with special marks of honor, which made his virtues shine forth the brighter. During his life, many had depended for guidance on his advice, and been encouraged by his example. Others had recommended their intentions to his prayers, and they had often been answered in a striking manner. It was natural, therefore, that after his death, confidence in his intercession should rapidly spread. As soon as the news of his death reached us, many of his companions went about openly proclaiming him to be a saint. When the usual prayers were being offered for him, and the litany was recited, they did not think it necessary or proper to say, Pray for him, but continued the customary, Pray for us. Dominic has gone to heaven, they said, and can need no prayers from us. Others said, If Dominic, with his innocent life and good works, has not gone to heaven, who will ever get there? Thus it was that by degrees he had become a regular model for the example of all, and was regarded as a powerful protector and intercessor in heaven. Almost every day I received accounts of temporal and spiritual graces received. Illnesses were cured, sometimes immediately. I myself was a witness of an instantaneous cure of yellow fever. This confidence in the intercession of Dominic was greatly increased by an assertion made in the strongest terms by his father. He says, I was in the greatest affliction at the loss of my son, and was consumed by a desire to know what was his position in the other world. God deigned to comfort me. About a month after his death, during a very restless night, I saw, as it were, the ceiling opened, and Dominic appeared in the midst of a dazzling light. I was beside myself at this sight, and cried out, O oh, Dominic, my son, are you already in paradise? Yes, he replied, I am in heaven. Then pray for your brothers and sisters, and your mother and father, that we may all come to join you one day in heaven. Yes, yes, I will pray, was the answer. Then he disappeared, and the room became as before. This, the father asserts, to be the simple truth. I have before me many documents containing accounts of favors received through Dominic's intercession. The character and authority of the writers are beyond question, but as most of them are still alive, I shall not insert them for the present. There is one related here of a grace obtained by a student who had been a companion of Dominic's. In the year 1858, this young man's health became very precarious. In fact, it had broken down so badly that he had to interrupt his course of philosophy, take every precaution, and at the end of the year he could not present himself for examination. However, there was a later examination towards the end of the year, and he thought he might be able to prepare for that, and thus prevent the loss of a whole year in the course of his studies. But his health continued to decline, and his hopes gradually died away. During the autumn vacation he had a change of air and rest, and this seemed to give him renewed strength, so that he returned to Turin and applied himself to his studies. But again his health broke down, and he was in a worse state than ever, so that he saw there was no possibility of application to study or of taking an examination. It was then, he says, that the accounts of the favors obtained by Dominic Savio struck me particularly, and I determined to make a novena to obtain the assistance of this former associate of mine. Certain prayers were said daily, and I made a special appeal on account of my previous intimacy with him, we having been in the same class, and striving for the first place. 
About the fifth day, my health was suddenly much better, and I immediately took to my books. I seemed to master the subjects with great ease and took the examination. Nor was it a short-lived favor, for my health has remained since perfect, and two months have now elapsed since I was ill. I cannot but recognize that this grace was obtained from God by the intercession of my companion and friend. With this fact, I shall bring the life of Dominic Savio to a close. In an appendix, other favors are related, which seem to be conducive to the glory of God and the good of souls. But, dear reader, before parting, I should like to propose some little resolution, which may be of service to you and to myself and to others. I should like you to join with me to a resolution to imitate young Savio in the practice of the virtues which are compatible with our state. In his own position, he lived a most happy, virtuous, and innocent life, which was crowned by holy death. If we imitate his manner of life, we shall be assured of being like him in our last moments. But he is chiefly worthy of imitation in frequenting the sacrament of confession, which was his support in the constant practice of virtue, his guiding star through life, and his consolation at the hour of death. Frequent and devout use should be made of this sacrament so conducive to salvation, but every time we do so, let us give a thought to our last confession, in order to make sure that it has been properly made, and when there is need for so doing, we should apply remedies to the defects. It seems to me that this is the safest means to spend happy days in the midst of the troubles of life, at the end of which we shall calmly await the moment of death. Then, with our minds at rest and a smile on our lips, we shall go forth to meet our divine Lord, who will graciously welcome us, and judging us according to his great mercy, will lead us both, I trust, dear reader, from the trials of this life to a happy eternity. End of chapter 25